Welcome to Nutrition Grad Guide. I'm your host, Shana Sapi, a qualified nutritionist and multi-passionate entrepreneur. I created this podcast to help nutrition grads just like you navigate your way into a career and a life that you love. In each episode, I'm going to bring you interviews with experts in the nutrition and health field, exploring a range of different career pathways. We'll learn about what they do, how they got there, and their advice to help you grow a successful career as a nutritionist or a natural health professional. Thank you for tuning in. Today's guest on the podcast is Shelley Judge, who is the founder of Shelley's Good Eats, and she is the cool aunt of nutrition, which I think is so cool. If you haven't been to her website yet, I highly recommend going and checking that out because it is such a beautiful website and it really does an amazing job at portraying her personality and why she is the cool aunt of nutrition, obviously specializing in helping kids eat healthy. Um, And Shelly also, alongside this part of her work, she also has Good Eats Creative, which is all to do with recipe development and content creation. So she takes some of the most beautiful food photos and she's certainly one busy nutritionist. There's some amazing stuff coming out of everything you do. So thank you so much for joining me today, Shelly. I'm really looking forward to diving in and hearing about how you do all of these amazing things. Well, aren't you just way too sweet? That is so nice. <laughs> uh, thank you so much for having me on the podcast today. It's my absolute pleasure. Let's get started by chatting a little bit about how you got into nutrition. What made you interested and why did you pursue studies in this field? Yeah, sure. So I guess I grew up cooking as a kid all the time. My mum was always really invested in you know what we ate and eating really healthy, but she also always had this aspect of allowing us to eat the foods that we baked from home. Um, So I think that's what's really gotten me passionate about actually developing a healthy relationship with food, because I think that that is exactly what we're missing a lot in this day and age where it's, you know, all or nothing, all or nothing approach. Yeah. Um, So I think I didn't actually realize it, but that's really what's set my passion, I guess, alive with nutrition, but I actually started studying medicine Um, well science with the dream of going into medicine and it wasn't until about halfway through that first degree that I just realized it was not for me and a few of my fellow friends looked at me and they're like Shelly all you talk about is food all you talk about is cooking have you considered you know nutrition so I actually went into then studying food science and nutrition and that completely changed like my outlook on my study and everything so I guess that's how I really got into it yeah. yeah, you found your sweet spot. It sounds like yeah, yeah. you're in the right place now. Definitely, yeah. And then I continued to go on and study as well because I did my bachelor and I didn't really, a bachelor of food science and nutrition, it doesn't really leave you with, uh, I guess, potential job prospects. It's, it's yeah. quite a hard area out of that. Uh, so I then went on to study my master's of public health nutrition and that's where I then really, I guess, honed in on my sweet spot, which is kids nutrition. And I absolutely love it. Yeah. So did you develop that passion for kids nutrition while you were doing your master's or did you sort of always know you wanted to niche down into helping children? I think I always knew I wanted to work with children. My goals of doing medicine one day in my life was always to be a pediatrician. So working with kids. Yeah. But I think when I finally found nutrition in my life, it was, I just knew that I had to sort of hone in on this developing a healthy relationship with food because I want kids to grow up 
without eating disorders and know that they are allowed to eat chips and cake on their birthday and things like that and have fun with food, not just follow these strict rules that diet culture wants us to. Yeah, out with diet culture, I say. (laughs) Yes, definitely. (laughs) (laughs) Amazing. So when you were studying your master's, did you start your business alongside that or did you first go into working in the field and then with time you grew your business? Or tell us a little bit about how that evolved. Sure. So I actually started my blog, Shelley's Good Eats, when I was studying my bachelor degree. So it's very old, Shelley's Good Eats. It's been around for a long time, but it's seen a lot of different, I guess, um, focuses, focal points. So I started off just sort of sharing bits of stuff that I was learning at uni um, and some recipes that I was creating. And that's, I guess, when Good Eats Creative then got started because brands started to approach me for my photography services and my recipe development. Yeah. I then did not have the confidence in myself to work for myself at that point. So I did actually um, apply for jobs straight out of my master's. And well, actually, while I was still studying my master's and got offered a position down in Melbourne and moved three days after I handed in my research dissertation, which was, yeah, it was a, it was a crazy uh, few weeks of finishing up my research and moving you know, 2000 kilometers away, but it was well worth it. Yeah. So what was that role? So I worked as a public health um, nutritionist and I also did a bit of work in domestic violence as well. Um, It's a big issue down in Melbourne. So I was working within a community health organization down there and that was really good, I think, to give me the confidence in um, educating and within the public health space as well, really understanding, you know, evaluation and writing the reports and all that sort of thing that comes along with this sort of education so that we can track it. Yeah, makes sense. And did you transition, was that a full-time position? Yes, it was a full-time position, but I think... What really then helped with Shelley's Good Eats was when I was working in Melbourne, I all of a sudden wasn't studying and I finally actually had weekends available. So I could sort of focus on my photography and recipe development and I started to build up my client list. Um, And then I actually cut my two-year contract short uh, Mm -hmm. by six months and moved back to Queensland because my partner had been up here the whole time. Uh, and landed a huge contract for my photography business. And that just allowed me to throw myself straight back into my business and really get started. That's yeah. brilliant. And have you always been a natural at food photography? Oh, gosh, no. <laughs> I was shocking when I started. I still laugh um, at myself, like thinking of high school Shelley, if you had told her that I was going to be a photographer at some point in my life, yeah, I was terrible at photos. Um, I really just have sort of self-taught myself. It's a lot of practice. It's a lot of watching YouTube videos, you know, asking other photographers on their tips and things like that. And just a lot of trial and error, really. Yeah. Well, you wouldn't believe that you were ever not a natural, like looking at how far you have come. Your photos are amazing. So well done. Oh, thank you. Oh, <laughs> Um, so you mentioned you landed a big job for your food photography. How did that come yes. that through sharing things on social media or had you already built up a bit of a network with brands? Tell us a little bit about, yeah, how that came to be. Yeah, sure. So 
I actually started just emailing brands out. I had a few thousand followers for Shelly's Good Eats. Um, I hadn't really separated my businesses out yet. So I was all still under Shelly's Good Eats. And I, yeah, I started just emailing people, sort of introducing them to who I was because I had a bit of a following. They sort of had a place to go and look at my photos. But that particular client was actually through someone I met at uni. He started working for this company as a food scientist and introduced me to their marketing team. And then, yeah, I worked with them for about seven months on massive, like a massive project, which really I do attribute them to being able to work for myself because I could just, without sort of stressing about where my, you know, next paycheck was coming from, I could, yeah, just jump right in. Yeah, amazing. And so what did that involve? Was that just the photography or did you do recipe development as well? Yes, I did photography, recipe development. I wrote nutrition articles for them. I did graphics that I made in Canva, Mm -hmm. which I taught myself on the fly. I really didn't have necessarily the skills to do everything that they wanted me to do. But I think that's part of it. And it's part of working for yourself, one, and also in the nutrition space. You've got to just jump in and try everything. Yeah, so true. I love that. Before you're ready. Yeah, so (laughs) true. It's like um, saying yes before you're ready and figuring it out as you go. So definitely. I'm a big believer in that. It can cause a bit of stress, but you know, it's the best way to learn. Yeah. 100% when you put yourself on the spot. Yeah. (laughs) It's like you got no choice now. You got to learn. Exactly. (laughs) Yeah. That's brilliant. And so when you were reaching out to these brands, what sort of um, thing were you saying to them? Like, were you just introducing yourself and your services? Did you have a media kit or how did you sort of start to build those relationships and get the jobs? um, Yeah. Through. Sure. So I didn't actually have a media kit at the start until a few people started replying to my emails and asking for a media kit. So I really quickly, again, put one together. Um, Yes. Yes. On Canva. I still do everything on Canva. It's the easiest platform for things like that. Um, Yeah. So I actually just, I emailed them, introduced myself, my philosophy, uh, you know, what I'm passionate about and yeah, I guess my services. And because I sort of was sharing my website and the recipes I'd already created for my own blog, I had a bit of a standing still. So it's almost like a resume having your website and your social media up and running. Yeah, so true. I think there's such valuable things to have, whether or not you want to go into business, even if you're applying for jobs, like that's Definitely. what got me my job in the end, having that yeah. resume. Um, yeah, it's really good for standing out. Yeah, I, I really think it is because they start to see your personality as well. And that's, yeah. we're not seeing people hired anymore based necessarily just on their skills it's you know the type of person that you want to work with as well yeah awesome and so you were building up good eats creative and you eventually Mm -hmm. distinguished that and now there's two instagram accounts and is it two businesses now yes yeah it is yeah yeah so i finally got to a point where i was working in good eats creative well what is good eats creative now and i just realized that I wanted to get back to my nutrition and my public health side, which was lacking in the photography business. I absolutely love developing recipes and I distinguished the two and started actually sharing a few things about nutrition and education again on the Shelly's Good Eats platform. And then earlier this year, I finally made 
the call to go into what I've always loved and that is kids nutrition. Yeah. I guess I battled with that transition for a long time and it's why I was sort of just generally talking about nutrition and diet myths and things like that because I don't have kids myself. Yeah. Um, I want them one day, (laughs) but I am still young, so not just yet. But I struggled not wanting to sound like I'm just telling parents and judging parents on what they're doing. But I finally, well, I'm starting to overcome that fear, I guess, and realising my worth in this space and that I do have a voice on this and I've got the education to back me up. Yeah, absolutely. And your recipes do appear to be so kids friendly and like yeah, your personality. And like I was saying about your website earlier, it's really well tailored to kids and it just shines through and you can tell like that's where you're meant to be. So it's great oh, that thank you, have you overcome that limiting belief because yeah, it is often ourselves that get in our own ways, isn't it? <laughs> Definitely all the time. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> no one else actually cares what you're doing. It's only you. <laughs> it's true, isn't it? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Um, and when you did niche into the kids, did you notice an expansion in your business? Yeah. So I, I think because I was finally working in what I was really passionate about, mm-hmm. I had this new motivation in it as well. Um, mm-hmm. And I started really finding my audience. And I think that was what was just so great about it all. Yeah. 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 And now I am expanding it a little bit to, you know, um, I'm working on a big thing for next year, which I can't talk too much about just yet because I haven't, yeah, um, launched it yet. Yeah. But just to really hone in on that community and create that, yeah, nice, cool aunt, cool aunt of kids nutrition vibe. Yeah. Oh, exciting things coming. I yeah. look forward to seeing what that is. Um, and so would you say you spend more time on Shelley's Good Eats or Good Eats Creative or how do you balance the two? Sure. So it definitely used to be a lot more Good Eats Creative. Mm -hmm. This year with COVID, um, it's definitely affected my business. I think one of the first things a lot of people got rid of was their marketing costs, uh, especially with massive lockdowns in Melbourne, um, you know, and across the country. So I sort of took a step back from Good Eats Creative for a little while and that's allowed me to find more balance between the two businesses as well. And I've actually cut down my client capability in my client time now yeah um to only half the week so that I can actually work more on Shelly's Good Eats which is fantastic yeah that's brilliant and in Shelly's Good Eats do you do one-on-one consults or is it more recipe development and and so you've got online workshops as well um and ebooks and things like that yeah sure so I'm a public health nutritionist so technically I'm I'm well I've not done clinical nutrition so I'm not comfortable working one-on-one with clients that's not what I studied public health nutrition is more about educating the the broader community and population so that is exactly what I do with Cinchelli's Good Eats I do my education on through Instagram um, and workshops I create a lot of recipes because I think that'll always be something I love to do because I just love to cook Uh, and also love to get kids involved in cooking because it's such a vital skill. Yeah. Um, And so that's where we're moving next year into a lot more of that education space online, which the uh, undercover little project (laughs) I've been working on. (laughs) Yeah. Secret. Love it. That's really good. (laughs) 
And what a great thing to be doing because you are making that impact to multiple people as the public health nutritionist. That's, yeah, you can make really Definitely. With that. Definitely. Yeah. And you've recently released a Christmas ebook. And before that, yes. you had, um, was it 20 under 20? 20 yes. 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 20 oh. under 20 ebook. So yeah. 20 easy dinner recipes under 20 minutes because parents are time poor. Yeah. <laughs> fussy. And we want to get those delicious, healthy meals into them. And mm-hmm. I wanted to show people that you can eat pizza for dinner, that you can eat nachos, and it can still be a really healthy option. And it can be on the dinner table in 20 minutes. Yeah, that is so good. And how did you go putting those together? So you obviously have a a huge database of recipes. Did you develop new ones for this or did you draw from some you already had? Um, What did the process look like and how long did it take you to put them together? Sure. So I think in the 20 under 20 ebook, there's one recipe that was already on my website because it's an absolute favorite. So I really wanted to include it. But every other recipe in the ebooks, I try to do... Um, completely new ones because they are a paid resource then and this is the free recipes on my ebook I don't want a heap of crossover yeah um yeah so as for time they do take a fair bit of time and the 20 under 20 ebook took a lot of time because during COVID we also then actually our house burnt down uh earlier in the year in a freak accident so that was right in the middle of production of that ebook oh my gosh yeah yeah safe and you're all okay yeah yeah we're completely safe and it was a freak accident so yeah we're fine and rehomed now but that ebook took me about oh four months I think then to actually produce by the time I got everything back yeah um yeah but I guess for example something like the Christmas ebook it took probably about three weeks to write the recipes shoot them all edit them all again I just make them in Canva it doesn't have to be complex yeah yeah Yeah, amazing that's such a quick turnover that's quite impressive yeah well that is three weeks of solid just working on the ebook as well that's me shutting off time that's what how I like to do it I just once I've had the idea I try and just block out a a period of time to just get it done yeah that's great I'm sure it makes it a lot easier while you're in that zone (laughs) rather than definitely between projects (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. Oh, amazing. And how do you go about the marketing of those? You're obviously very good with your social media strategy. Do you have any tips when it comes to that side of things? Yeah, sure. So I think a great thing for, you know, businesses to use is something like Facebook ads is a really great way to thing to utilize. I actually don't have access to mine either because this year has just been an absolute schmuzzle and I got hacked on Facebook and haven't been able to access my business account anymore, but that's okay. So this year, it really made me think about how I'm actually going to advertise products like my ebook. So I went into influencer marketing as well. So I sent it out to a fair few people with affiliate codes for them as well. And that was a really great way. It's sending it to bloggers that are my target market that, actually would have an interest in the product themselves as well. So they're going to want to share it with their audience. And that is a really great thing to use. I think we only think about influencers as these people who have 100,000 followers on Instagram and, you know, cost thousands and thousands of dollars to hire, to promote 
bullshit products, <laughs> but that's not, that's not actually what they are. You know, there's a lot of smaller blogs, you know, five to 10,000 followers on Instagram and things like that can, that can still create amazing traction for your business. Yeah. Micro influencers. Yeah, definitely. Absolutely. Yeah. Oh, that's a really cool idea and something different too. I haven't seen that done for eBooks before, but such a great idea. Yeah, it was great. So I, you know, there's a heap of like mum blogs uh, on Instagram and that, and I've reached out to them and it's really, uh, I guess they've got the audience that I want, all the the mums and the parents and that. So it was just the perfect fit. Yeah, absolutely. And when you mentioned earlier the Facebook ads, do you find Facebook ads are still good for the lower ticket items like eBooks? Because I know they're fantastic for online courses and those sort of higher Mm. ticket items because then they pay themselves off. But do you still see they're valuable for the lower ones? I think they're very valuable, um, especially if you're using something like the eBooks to grow your audience. Yeah. So with these smaller ticket items, I'm more using them to grow my audience for the bigger thing that I'll be launching next year, opposed to just trying to make a heap of money off a smaller ticket item like an eBook. Um, so I think in that they're, they're quite essential to use Facebook ads, to grow your audience, to, you know, get out there a little bit more with the idea that later on, you're going to have a bigger audience that you can then launch to that already warmed up on your email list. Yeah, definitely. And speaking of warming up your audience on your mailing Mm -hmm. list, how often do you email them? Oh gosh, I'm shocking with my email (laughs) list. Um, (laughs) Oh, I try to once a month. I'm pretty bad at it though, but I've just made a new goal to do it once a fortnight. So I am actually today, I spent the day just writing emails to be sent out over the next few months. And that's actually how I do all of my content. I batch content so that it doesn't take, you know, a thousand hours a week to actually get anything out there. Yeah, batching is the best. Do you do the same with your social media posts? Do you schedule all of those? I do. I don't use any apps or anything. Um, I just have a big Excel document, which means that, you know, the email that I'm sending out that week can be related to the social media post um, and the reel that I've done and all that sort of thing. And I can really keep an eye on what sort of message I'm putting out there. Yeah, that's super organized. I can just imagine how efficient that Excel sheet is. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> it's a nightmare sometimes but it does it does really save me sometimes yeah that's brilliant um so you mentioned you don't use any apps so you don't auto schedule them you go in and you put them like manually every time you go to post yeah I do I've used a few different apps in the past and I just haven't found any that I love yeah. um I also don't like the ones that auto post for you because then you're not on there uh and actually, you know, what, when it's been posted to engage with your audience that are engaging with you at the time. Yeah. So I really like, while there's, you know, great times to post, you know, 7am in the morning, 7pm at night, for example, for my audience, yeah. I like to try and fit those times. But if I can't quite be on Instagram at those times, I try and post it at a time when I can actually be on there so I can be engaging with them at the time. Yeah. Oh, that's great. And how often do you post each day? Um, I probably post four times a week. Yeah. I don't even post every day anymore. I used to post every day. And frankly, I'm just trying to take a break from Instagram. 
Yeah. And I'm realizing that it's not affecting my engagement that much by not posting every day. Yeah. And in return, I'm having a much healthier relationship with my phone mm-hmm. and also actually experiencing a bit more about life as well. Yeah. Well, that's fantastic. It's yeah. really good to hear. And so what would you say a typical day or a typical week looks like for you? I'm sure that changes a lot, but if you could give us a general, what would that be? Sure. Yes, it does change day to day and week to week. But I guess a typical week for me is getting up and I'm usually trying to be on my computer to do emails about like 8.39 and then from there, I'll either be doing some recipe development, which involves researching and writing recipes, and then actually going to the grocery store and, you know, collecting props and um, ingredients to write recipes. Or one day I might just be, like I did today, sort of sitting at my computer and writing, you know, doing content and writing down emails and things like that, like for my email marketing. Yeah, cool. Yeah. Yeah, I try and again, like batch my tasks, I guess. So I don't like, if it's a photography day, I try not to do anything else but that because it's, yeah, you've got a lot to think about and a lot of cleaning to do afterwards. So I don't want to be rushing to sit at a computer to do something else. Yeah, absolutely. So would you then, if you take photos for one day, would you then go through and edit them all on a separate day? Um, Yeah. Yeah, I usually try and just get them all edited the next day so I can get them sent off to the client or if they're for Shelly's Good Eats get them scheduled into my content yeah amazing yeah. when you are doing that client work how did you go about pricing your services gosh this has been a hard one for me and I think the best thing that I learned this year is that you can change your prices so yeah. start low if you know and try and sort of build that relationship with clients yeah. but as soon as you've got a few clients that are, you know, they are going to be willing to pay for the service that you're providing for them. Yeah. Um, so you can put up your prices and it's, it's just a simple email to them saying that you are putting up your prices, you're offering these different services, yeah. you're adding, you know, an extra few images to their package, things like that. And they're going to be more than willing to pay. Mm-hmm. So I think starting out, I did start quite low and now I've, probably at least four times my price since like the start of last year yeah amazing yeah yeah Yeah. it's finally yeah it's finding like what you're worth and what people are willing to pay as well yeah it's a good balance and how much do you want to earn for an hour as well I think that's a big one that comes into it figure out how much you want to earn an hour price from there and then you will find the people that are willing to pay that yeah, that's brilliant advice. Yeah. Do you find you charge differently according to how big that brand you're working with is? I try not to. I do more typically work with the bigger brands now just because they're generally going to be a bigger contract. I don't tend to work with companies that just give me, you know, one recipe every few months. Yeah, I like to sort of work with the especially I think that's just part of so that I can have the mental space to also work on Shelly's Good Eats and work on these contracts with my clients is having the big contracts that I can just sort of go on with instead of having back to forth contact with the client and all the time. Yeah. Um, yeah. I don't recommend changing your price too much yep. depending on who you're working with. You want to create consistency and you also want to create a bit of a template of just when they email you, or, you know, you get in touch with them, you can just know this is what you charge 
for yeah. this service and that's that yeah brilliant yeah make it a bit easier for yourself yeah definitely and we want to do that we don't want to make it harder for ourselves that's for sure exactly <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah. And I think that's all about also just finding the people that are willing to pay what you're charging as well yeah and so you mentioned at the start you would reach out and approach people do you find mm-hmm. when you are focusing on good eats creative you're still reaching out or do you get brands reaching out to you now that you are growing as well I think it's a bit of a mix. Um, if there's a company that I really like, I'll reach out to them. But I do find that I, one, have clients that continue to come back every few months. Um, you know, I'm sort of their main photographer now. Mm-hmm. Um, and there are a lot more other clients that reach out now to me as well that my business is growing. Yeah, brilliant. Yeah. So on the note of uh, Good Eats Creative, do you have any advice to people who would want to go down a similar pathway to that? Sure. I guess you've just got to get started and really find, you know, like start putting your photos on Instagram, start putting recipes up on a space, whether that be on Instagram or be on a website or a cheap, you know, a blog. You don't have to have the personalized domain it can just be a wordpress uh you know site or something like that um and just get started because that is really going to be building out your resume as such no one actually cares about what's on your a4 resume in a job like that they want to see the work that you've done so i guess you've just really got to get started with that and create a list of companies that you love the products that you actually genuinely love using and start emailing them and really talk about why you love their product and why you want to work with them yeah brilliant and now from the other end of things Mm -hmm. what would your advice be to people who want to go down more that public health nutrition space and do similar work to what you're doing with Shelly's Good Eats Definitely. So I think, again, you've just got to get yourself out there on social media. I'm such a big advocate for using social media to, I guess, you know, get yourself out there and start building your audience to hear your message because there are going to be people that, you know, need to hear the stuff that you're putting out there as a nutrition professional. So make sure you get on social media, uh, really take the time to find your niche yeah. and really niche down, I guess. So I started off just talking about busting myths in the nutrition space and nutrition in general. And then I finally niche down and that's where I've really seen the growth in my business. Yeah. I think there's so much benefit in niching. Absolutely. Yeah. Definitely. yeah. But take the time with that as well and know that you can change. Yeah. I think that that's a big thing. We're expected to leave our degrees and just know exactly what we want to do. And that's not realistic. There's so many different areas of nutrition that you can work in. So take the time to really figure out which one you're passionate about. Yeah, I completely agree with that. And I think that's one of the best things about experimenting too, because so often we can sort of hesitate to do anything because we're like, no, I've got to figure Mm -hmm. out exactly what I want to do first. But you actually learn through doing and you find that clarity like you would have. You would have started with the myths and then realized I'm really passionate about helping children and parents um, and you pivoted and worked your way into that niche. Yeah, definitely. Yeah. And what would you say your vision is? Does it encompass both of your businesses? What's the balance look like? Where are you going with it? Of course, there's that big secret project (laughs) coming up. So that's very exciting. 
Um, so without yeah. revealing too much, um, <laughs> yeah, what is your vision? <laughs> My vision, I think, would be like a 70-30 mix. Shelly's going to eat 70%. Good Eats yeah. Creative. I don't think I could ever actually give up on Good Eats Creative. I absolutely love working with these brands and these clients. I've created really great relationships with them. And also I love, you know, practicing my photography skills and honing in on them. Yeah. But I can't deny that my absolute heart lies with Shelly's Good Eats and yeah. educating kids to develop a healthy relationship with food. Yeah. Yeah. So my big goals are to work with that and also, you know, create the the time to not be as busy, I guess. I'm really seeing a change in how I see success this year. Yeah. And you know, I used to want this massive empire with all these people working for me. And I've quickly realized that that's not exactly what I want. I want, you know, to work 3 days a week and earn enough money to provide for my future family and yeah. Just actually, you know, live a lovely life while still doing the stuff that I absolutely love. Yeah. What a beautiful definition of success too. I think that's so nice. Yeah. yeah. I think a lot of people this year have had a real change in what they see success as and what yeah. we need to prioritize in our lives, which I just think is so fantastic because yeah. yeah, success isn't always the fancy suits and the, you know, the big businesses and Yeah. Yeah, definitely. This year has certainly forced us to step back a little bit and, yeah, really reflect definitely. on what we want. <laughs> Yeah. yeah. <laughs> and so how do you stay so organised and keep track of all these things you're doing, particularly when you are juggling jobs from both businesses? Mm-hmm. Uh, so I put everything down into my Google Calendar. Yeah. I just keep, you know, make sure I have all my appointments set in there. I also time block in my Google Calendar Yep. so that I know exactly what I need to be working on at that time. Just make sure that I actually get everything done. Yep. I then at the start of every week actually go through and sort of put a bit of a, from my, yeah, I guess from my Google calendar, I then go on pen and paper and figure out exactly what I need to be doing. Almost every hour I'm very anal <laughs> with my time. <laughs> um, and so that I can still fit in the things that I love to do, like yoga and walking and cooking you know for my partner and things like that yeah that's yeah I I think just having a good calendar system or a diary is essential yeah this busy yeah 100 (laughs) percent. and so you mentioned in there it is really important for you to be making that time for yourself what are some of those things you do to take care of yourself fill up your own cup so then you can help others as well definitely um I think this year it's definitely been yoga for me I only really started it's so cliche, like yoga is you know, the love of my life. But <laughs> I, I started yoga earlier this year because I've got bat, a bad back and it really has just been so amazing to create that headspace for me where I can step away from my work. You know, I don't need to talk about it. You don't talk to anybody during the time and yeah. just totally switch off. Yeah, oh, that's brilliant. Yeah, yeah you're just yeah. fun. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I think, you know, some sort of movement is really the best way to help switch off and just, you know, refresh yourself. Yeah, especially like when you are sitting at a desk behind a computer or photographing, I'm sure it would be good to stretch out. Definitely. Yeah. And do you have any tips for people who do want to improve their photography skills? Yeah, sure. So I think you've really just got to practice. Start Mm -hmm. looking up, you know, YouTube videos of your direction of light, 
and you know looking at some other professional photographers a lot of them do education online yeah um which is just really fantastic and that's really how I learned I didn't invest a heap of money with the amazing new phones that we've got these days you can you don't need a fancy camera to get started at least to start putting together food styling and figuring out where your light's coming from but a lot of it really is just practice yeah I think that's so true Yeah. And so do you take a lot of your photos on a DSLR or are you starting to take more on iPhones or is it a bit of a mix? I I do still take all my photos on a DSLR. Yeah. And I think when you get to a point, you know, the phones the phones are fantastic to get started with. When yeah. you get to a certain point, you can't be giving client work on something like on an iPhone. Yeah. But I do use my iPhone these days to do all my reels and even create recipe videos and IGTVs because it's just so much easier. Yeah. yeah. Tell us a little bit about that actually, um, creating those beautiful food reels. How did you learn to do them and how do you get the inspiration and ideas and make them so beautiful? Well, I'm definitely still learning reels. I feel like a 60 year old when I'm actually trying to figure out this new world of TikTok and reels. I'm technology doesn't come so easily to me. I know that might sound (laughs) surprising being a photographer, but I really struggle with picking up these new ways of editing and things. And not to mention that the Instagram reels function isn't very refined just yet. So it's quite hard to edit on, but I think honestly getting my inspiration from just watching a heap of them watching what the trends were and then really just picking the messages that I wanted to send in them yeah amazing and trying to come up with imaginative ways you know conversations with people and that sort of thing to share that message yeah and in terms of a time perspective do you find they are more time consuming than creating other types of content or how have you found it in comparison I find them a lot more time consuming. I think it's because I'm still figuring out how exactly to do them well. And I'm a bit of a perfectionist. And I think that comes from my photography side. I want everything to, you know, look beautiful and be the same. And that's something I'm trying to let go of now so I can just get it done. Yeah. Um, Because done is better than perfect always. Yeah. Uh, So it definitely does take a lot longer than just, you know, taking photos of, nice food and uploading them yeah do you find the payoff to be better so does it make it worthwhile spending that extra time definitely instagram is pushing reels at the moment so you know it's easy to get you know ten thousand views on a reel where you might only get you know a few thousand views or something on your image so it's definitely it's it's definitely worth putting the time into something like that at the moment while they're still really being pushed. Yeah, they do love to yeah. push their new tools, don't they? They do. <laughs> always keep on top of the the new the new tools because that's what they're always going to yeah. be pushing out. Yeah, I feel like just learning the ways of social media is a full-time job in itself. <laughs> it is. That'll be my first hire. One day I'll be hiring someone to do all of my social media content. Yeah. So do you have any help at all at this point in your business or are you literally doing everything? I used to have uh, an assistant that would come and help me with blog posts uh, and also actually cooking and 
you know, shooting the recipes and yeah. also the mountain of dishes that I used to have Yeah, <laughs> with Good Eats Creative side. And she was absolutely fantastic. I couldn't keep her on though with COVID and after the house fire and things like that. Mm-hmm. But hopefully again, early next year, I'll be able to get someone. Yeah, that would be so yeah. helpful. I can just imagine. Yeah. 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 <laughs> just to do the dishes. It's so worth it. Yeah. Oh, so many dishes when it comes to food <laughs> photography. It's a nightmare. Definitely. <laughs> worth it though yeah um and one thing we haven't chatted much about yet is the workshop side of things so I noticed Mm -hmm. you have an online evergreen workshop that people can purchase anytime and you also do run like workshops either live or online at certain times um in the past or coming up so earlier this year I had actually started and I was getting ready to do a series of live cooking workshops um Obviously, COVID really changed those plans. Uh, so that never eventuated. So I did, uh, you know, record that workshop and that's now evergreen on my website, which is fantastic. Yeah. And while I do want to get into doing some live workshops, I'm pushing it to the side for now as I sort of set, set up this secret project for next year. Yeah. Uh, and also while I just wait completely for COVID to just be out I, I don't want to be the reason that you know an outbreak occurred or anything <laughs> like that so I'm just holding off on that for now yeah definitely best to play it yeah, safe definitely and so that one that you did record and that is available on your website mm-hmm. tell us a little bit about how you went about that where did you record it in um and yeah what does that look like <laughs> sure so it actually started off um as just a live zoom webinar yeah so that's how it it was. And then I ended up recording it while I was actually doing the live webinar and it was really popular. So I then put it up as an evergreen on my website. I think we've got to stop thinking that we need to continually create new things. Um, You know, if you've got something that worked, put it up evergreen on your website because Mm -hmm. it's about creating that passive income, I guess, because we can't we, we physically can't continue to just be pushing out new things. It's not going to work. You're not going to have enough time. Yeah, 100% agree. And I think that's one of yeah. the things about entrepreneurship as well. It's really learning how to leverage your stuff. Definitely. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I love that. That's a great idea. Um, is there anything else, any other aspects of your business that we haven't covered? There's so much that you do. It's quite amazing. <laughs> <laughs> I don't think so. I think we've pretty much covered everything. Yeah, yeah it, it, it probably sounds a bit hectic and it is a little bit hectic sometimes, but it's about slowly finding that balance and yeah, it's slowly coming. Yeah, amazing. And so now I've got a book question that I ask everyone. Mm-hmm. If you could recommend one book for the listeners to read, what would it be and why? Mm. I think this one would probably have to be The Subtle Art of Not Giving a Fuck by Mark Manson. Yeah. I absolutely loved that book. I read it when I was working down in Melbourne mm-hmm. and I, I can't say that it changed my life. I think that's so much, that's such a big statement to put on just the one book. Yeah. But it's definitely um, helped my journey, I guess, to really not caring what anyone else thinks about what you're doing. Yeah. And it really does free you up to just create the business or the life that you want for yourself, which yeah. honestly I think is, is so important. Um, 
yeah, that's probably my my favorite book that's really helped me. Yeah, love it's it. I have that too. related, but it's mindset, and mindset it really is everything. Oh, a hundred percent. I could not agree more with that. And what yeah. would some of your tips be when it does come to overcoming other people's opinions and just going out and believing in yourself? Gosh, it's a it is a really hard one, but I think this comes down to then also finding those aspects in your life um, where you can switch off from your work and not always be scrolling through Instagram, trying to sort of set aside time every day to do it for a set period of time. Because otherwise you start, you know, scrolling through and you compare yourself to everyone else doing what you're wanting to do. Um, whereas you're not competing with those people, there's space for all of us to work in this area. And actually, if you reach out to those people, they'll probably want to help you with what you're trying to do as well. Yeah. So I think it really is just about taking that time to, to really switch off and look after your own mental health um, outside of work. Yeah, I love that. Really helps. So important. Yeah. And so before we do wrap up, do you have any parting words of advice for the listeners? I think you just need to really take the time to figure out where in nutrition you want to be and mm-hmm. what sort of message you want to be putting out there. Yeah. I think you know, we did speak a little bit about this earlier, but it, it is, it's tricky to figure out what you want to niche down in, but taking the time to really figure that out is so important because when you're passionate about something, it shows yes. and that's what's really going to get you far in nutrition. Yeah. And it's going to carry you through those hard times as well when you have that thing driving you. Yeah, definitely. Yeah. It's a, it's a hard space I think to work in and really stand out in because there is a lot of people working in it and very few jobs. Yeah. So yeah. Passion is really going to get you very far. Yeah, definitely. And last, but definitely not least, where can the listeners find you and follow along all your beautiful and amazing work? Oh, wonderful. So you can find me on Instagram at yep. Shelly's Good Eats and Good Eats Creative. Yeah. Uh, or also on my website at www.shellysgoodeats.com. Brilliant. And I will link to those so it's nice and easy to find. And as I mentioned Fantastic. in the episode, guys, go check out the website. It's just so fun to browse through. <laughs> <laughs> it's so good. I had some amazing people working on it with me. And yeah, I was so happy with how it all turned out. Yeah, it looks amazing. It's definitely like you know, you. one of the goals of websites is keeping people on there. It's like definitely yeah. one you want to stay on, <laughs> look at everything and read all the puns. <laughs> oh, I love that. I love hearing that. <laughs> Well, thank you so much for being here today. This has been so interesting learning about all of the things you're doing and I'm very excited to see what's rolling out next year, which will be the same year that this is released. So this year. Yes, fantastic. Um, yeah, and good luck with everything and keep up the amazing work. Thank you so much. Thanks so much for having me on and I hope everyone understands the the confusion of the, the two businesses. But um, yeah, thanks so much for having me on. It was really fantastic. My absolute pleasure. Thank you. I hope you enjoyed that episode as much as I did. I feel like I gained so much valuable insight and advice from it and I hope you agree. If you did enjoy this episode, please leave me a review and tell me what you think. I would love to hear your feedback. Do you know anyone else that this episode can benefit? I would be so grateful if you share it with them. That way they too can benefit from all of the insight that we covered today. 
Your support means so much to me and together we can help even more people build a career and a life that they love. Thank you for being here. Until next time, keep making your dreams a reality. Thank you.